Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and after a forced week off, with me, as always, is my good friend Sarah. I forced Sarah to take a week off um, after she finished her job because, you know, even Sarah needs to recharge sometimes. Hey, Sarah, are you recharged? I am recharged. Woo! Recharged. Woo! I'm going to get to some races soon. It's very exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited. Awesome, awesome. What's the, what's the first race that you go to? Um, Bath. I'm going to Bath. I'm going to Bath. It's very exciting. It's the Tour Series. If you're British, sorry for everyone else if you're not British, but if you're <laughs> British... <laughs> I don't a, mean... That's such a British thing to say. Sorry to everyone else if you're not British. I don't mean it in... I don't mean it... With, with our cups of tea and our, and our annual baths. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the we've got the um, tour series on, and the tour series is a series of crits, which is very exciting. Um, and I love crit racing. Crit racing is so good for spectators. When I first got into cycling, I was a bit sniffy about crit racing, and then I went to one and was which, like, "Nah, this is, is the best of, thing." I always find that kind of interesting slash ironic slash fucking hilarious because didn't you first get into track cycling? Yes. So, so your first love was track cycling, and then you were like, crits, nah, too roundy. <laughs> <laughs> Not too roundy, but when I first was finding out about roads, no, I think it's because, well, I first got into track cycling, and then, but road cycling, you know, when I first was into it, and it's like, oh, it's all about the Tour de France, it's all about the Giro, and then gradually you learn, oh my God, no, no, it's not about the Tour de France and the Giro, it's about Paris-Roubaix, oh my God, you know, it's about Spring Classics, it's about Flanders, those are the races, and then, yeah, and then, and and crits, when you read about them, they don't sound as, if, if you'll come into it thinking that road cycling is all about the Grand Tours, then a crit's like the opposite of a Grand Tour, isn't it? Um, or is it more like a Grand Tour condensed to one town or one block of one town? Or one hour. A Grand yeah, Tour. yeah, like, a, like, like just compressed. You know, like well, on, a, on an Ant's timeline is a crit a Grand Tour. That's oh, that's like a that's, Zen Zen that's koan for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but, but ants can climb a lot higher than cyclists can, can't they? Like you know, an ant could climb to the top of. Relatively uh, speaking, I suppose. And no, but an ant an ant could an ant could get from the bottom to the top of. Uh, um, name me a climb, Stelvio. You you think an ant would beat a cyclist up the Stelvio? I don't think it would beat a cyclist. Yes, because it could take a more direct route. I I. Dear cycling gods, please, please <laughs> bless me with a listener who will do the maths to prove Sarah insanely wrong on that. Please, cycling gods, please. I never ask you for anything. Not even that time. Not even that time. I got three punctures on one ride. Please, cycling gods, let someone, or at least let Sword Panda draw me a picture of Sarah's aunt being crushed under the wheels of a cyclist. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> I love the fact that you can't be asked to do the maths yourself. Oh well, look. To be fair, everyone knows I'm right, and you're wrong, and you know okay. all is all is well in the world as it should be. So anyway, the tour series, it's 10 series of city centre crits and they're actually really fun. They're all over. It started already for the men. There's 10 for the men, five for the women. And it starts tonight in Redditch. I don't know where Redditch is. Oh, um, that's a pity because I was going to ask you, is that is, is Redditch where they invented Reddit? No. Or is Redditch the game that they play on Reddit? Oh, what, what you mean it's Reddit's Quidditch? Yeah, <laughs> they, they fly around on brooms and stuff. 
I've got a very weird view of Reddit. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I've got a very weird view of Reddit. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just imagining what the results would be on your average Redditor. Um, <laughs> no, if you read Reddit, I'm sorry, you're wonderful. I know that. There, I know that. <laughs> I should stop now. We, we get a reasonable amount of um, of readers and listeners from Reddit, so, you know, just... Be- and, and they're all really nice people. They're not like something <laughs> in the mouth that women could cycle, so yay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Redditors, you are wonderful. I'm just teasing um, you. Okay, cool. So if we experience a, a DDoS attack in the next week or so, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Reddit isn't, Reddit isn't, Reddit isn't 4chan. <laughs> Anyway, you are just tempting. I invoke the cycling gods, and you and you you tempt the internet gods. Uh, you live you live, uh, you know, a very very dangerous lifestyle there. What's that? What's that Terry Pratchett quote about? Um, it's not that I don't believe in the gods; I just don't like them very much. <laughs> so, which gods is that? The cycling gods or the internet gods that you don't like? Um, anyway. Round one is in <laughs> Round two is in Motherwell in Scotland. Oh, come on, make a joke about Motherwell because you're so predictable um, on 26th. Then they're in Croydon. True fact, the first date I ever went to was the McDonald's in the Whitgift Centre in Croydon. See, now I want to make a Motherwell joke. <laughs> I, my first date person is now an internationally famous electronic musician type. Anyway, then we go to Peterborough. Actually, these names are just perfect, aren't they, for people thinking Britain's weird? Redditch, Motherwell, Croydon, Peterwork, Peterborough, and Bath. Mm. Mm. But yes, anyway, so yay to, to a series. And it's very exciting because it's on TV. That was a lot longer than I thought we'd spend on that with two series. True, but, but it that took a while been... to, to work all those jokes in, so. <laughs> But we have had racing, 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 racing. And I know we normally talk about the UCI, um, you know, only UCI races. And so why are you talking about local domestic crits, Sarah? But the answer is because it's quite a weird, it's been quite a weird UCI racing week, hasn't it? Well, it's been, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, you often talk about there the sort of being, um, uh, I guess, themes to different parts of the season. But in between those sort of thematic things, you get these little pockets of... Uh, it's not so much that they're odd or weird, it's just they're, they're things that... They're odd and weird. Well, and, but they're also <laughs> things that don't fit neatly into the categories of those broader themes. So, you know, we've had, we've had uh, some Chinese racing, some American yeah. racing. Yeah, um, some Venezuelan racing. Yes, which is also still technically part of the Americas. Um, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, that's my thing, isn't it? Because we're so used to hearing America talked about, and I try really hard to say North America, but yeah. then I try really hard to say the USA. Oh, what oh, did you God. call it last time? Big America, I think. Big America. Yeah, Little America and Big America. <laughs> which, <laughs> Big America which, racing. which I'm sure our South American listeners really loved. So. <laughs> I mean, can we actually? I was going to call this episode um, "Cycling and Theology" because we've invoked so many gods already. But maybe I should call it, you know, "Cycling and and Sarah offends yet another continent." <laughs> That's your job, Daniel. Um... <laughs> I, I'm a diplomat. I'm all about you know fucking race relations and peacefulness and and beer and whiskey and and growling at races that I don't like. Flesh growling. Yeah. 
Anyway, so we did have, um, so while we were off air, we had uh, Festival Luxembourg, Elsie Jacobs. We had the uh, Amgen Tour of California Women's Race. We had the seven, I can't say it in Dutch, which is awful, Dorpen Omloop Aalberg, which was part of the Mariana Voss Cycling Festival. Oh, I love Mariana Voss so much. I just, I love the... How much? So much. It just sounded like to set up for a joke, so... Huh. You know, okay. how much? So much that I couldn't throw her, I don't know, over a mountain or something. I, I don't know. It was your joke. I was just trying to help. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we had that. <laughs> and then this week, so this week we've had the tour of Chongming Island. And that confused me when I first started getting into cycling because they had a stage race and the World Cup called the same thing, called the tour of Chongming Island. So, Tour of Chongming Island stage race, Chongming stage race, Tour of Chongming Island World Cup. And Chongming Island is a small island in the Yangtze Delta. Yes, and um, your favourite part of the race course is the Queen of Mountain. Oh, don't even. Don't go there. Oh, Just tell on. everyone about it. You love tell it. everyone you about love, it for me. You love the bridge. The bridge, the pinnacle of the bridge is the, you know, that's literally the highest point in the race and therefore where the, the com is decided. Mm. And then the descent on the other side is pretty hectic, usually because they occasionally put road markers in the wrong spot and people go up the wrong side of the road. So, yeah, I mean, actually, Chongming Island is um, 1,267 square kilometres. It's flat. It's, it's, um, it's the other side of the river from Shanghai. And the bridge goes to Shanghai. And actually, this, this year, they started one of, the, one of the stages in Shanghai to cross the whole bridge. And the bridge is super windy um, because it's, it's over this, it's, it's this enormous, stunning, <gasps> gorgeous bridge. So what you're saying is that the Dutch Federation has finally found a way to bribe the Chinese Federation, huh? Well, you might think that's because of who's good at this race. <laughs> ah. oh. Now, there's, there is a really interesting thing about it, though, because they, because um, quite a lot of riders don't go to Chongming, and it's. I think that's partly because you know the whole thing about you you can't eat the meat. In the 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 Wada says don't eat the meat if you if you're going there, and then it's very difficult to know what you're eating because broths. Um, you know, oh look, here's a lovely brothy soup, but you don't know whether the broth is made with beef. Um, yes, but it's, um, and which, you know, is, is like, that's a UCI thing. You know, they say yeah. the same about riding in Mexico. You go to the races in Mexico and you're not supposed to eat the meat there because of the drug. What is the drug? Um, oh Jesus. It starts with a C. Um, clenbuterol. Is that the one? Clenbuterol. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Winner. Dan knows his drugs. Woohoo. <laughs> Oh, but no, it's um yeah, so the the, the bridge, the, the Shanghai bridge, the bridge from over the Yangtze is sixteen kilometers long, man. That's actually that's a pretty epic bridge, I have to admit. That that's, is a pretty epic bridge. Yeah. That and it's also windy and it is quite high. I mean the, the it, yeah, it is high and it's it's exciting and it must look beautiful. The trouble is is that we don't get to see hardly anything from this race. Yeah. Mm. Um I uh to thank as always, this time of the year, thank you, Wiggle Honda. You are amazing because I've literally not seen any race reports, any and you know, and much any videos apart from the wonderful Wiggle Honda's videos from the stage race uh, and um, and you know from 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 the, from, from the stage race. Yeah, is 
I didn't even know what it started. I've just lost my fucking thread of conversation. Daniel, help me. <laughs> so the Wiggle Honda videos from each of the stages, um, which is the only, I mean, uh, can you, could you, can we get away with calling it semi-official? Like it's the only, it's the only record really we have of what's gone on that provides yeah. any kind of visual element. Yeah, and we kind of get to this thing of, you know, if a cyclist rides a race in China and no one sees it, has he has it happened? You know, has he oh my god, I just gonna I'm just gonna stick my head in a bucket because I'm having a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Go sit in the corner and think about what you did wrong. Um yes. Oh actually no, come back and tell us what happened in the first stage. So it's all so basically it's a not it's not very big um, amount of space on this island to have three stages, yeah? So they ride, and this, the roads, it's a grid formation um, uh, roads. And there's some really beautiful parts of it. This island has got some gorgeous parts of it, but it's also got some big highway sections. And they tend to have wide roads um, and enormous powering power, bunch power um, run-ins, you know, rah, yep. down, down. And, and, and who does that, what kind of sprinter does that suggest to you, Daniel? Oh, well, you know, if, if I had to talk about a sprinter who, you know, had a lot of power, enjoyed flat races that had moments of really spiky wind and possibly dominated, for example, a race like the Tour of Qatar every time they went to it, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd probably think Chloe Hosking. <laughs> No, Chloe did win uh, the Tour of Chongqing Island stage race um, in the first time she rode it. So, so yay, yay, Chloe, that is yeah. good. But no, this is. Um, I think we're talking a bit more stompity. Oh right, with maybe a bit of a stompity stomp stomp going on as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh well, in that case, you probably want the um, the high powered legs of a, a Kirsten Bield sort of uh, rider to to tear the legs off everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is how on the Wiggle Honda race report about stage one. It's a pretty uneventful race with like four turns in the whole course, Bronzini said afterwards. The first intermediate sprint was massive chaos and the girls tried to pull me into the sprint, but I lost them. So I was out for the first one. The second one was better and I was second behind Veald. With virtually nothing, aside from a few corners in the wide, flat boulevard style roads to disrupt the peloton, a bunch sprint was inevitable. <laughs> Kirsten Veald won. Kirsten Veald first, Shelley Old second, Georgia Bronzini third. Yeah, that's the kind of race it is. Like it's it's kind of like you have you have a very small island, but basically you just power up and down some really steep, some really straight straight roads. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, stage two uh, was flat and straight, and four riders did get away for a little bunch, but they were basically no chance. They were just like ridden down and destroyed, and um, yeah, and Veald won the second stage as well. Okay, well, you know, so far I can't say I'm massively surprised. No, and then um, and then the stage three. There's these photos of them riding stage three, and what was quite interesting is is normally this this. It's a bit like riding in the Netherlands or, or, or Belgium in the spring. You just expect it to rain continually, like continually. And this is quite weird because it didn't rain on stages one and two, but it did rain on stage three. And there are some extraordinary photographs of of what they were riding on because they were basically riding on what looked like very, very shiny tiles, yeah. like a tiled like, have you seen that photo where they're coming in and you're like, holy fuck, the rain's awful, they're bunch sprinting, it's, it's, it's really terrible, it looks, just looks really scary because it looks like really skiddy tiles um, yeah, on the al- photos. Although I do have to express some disappointment to learn that you, a veritable bastion of all things Britishness, um, are expressing alarm and dismay at rainy tiles. 
Like, we don't I, write. We don't. I would have thought. Oh. I would have thought rain everything would be your default. No, no, rain everything is my default. But but slippy, slidey tiles in the rain doesn't look like a good idea. And um, they might not be tiles. They might just be big paving stones. Anyway, Roxanne Fournier from. Pra- Let's see if I can get this right. Poitou Charentes Futuroscope 86. Um, I know that's not French. Um, one, and hurrah for Roxanne Fournier because she was doing so, so well all the way through it. And actually the French national team were fantastic all the way through it. They, um, I, I was talking to someone about this, about national teams, and the French national team are really making an effort with their, to, get their, to, you know, to get their riders up there. And it's been for a couple of years now, and I'm really pleased to see it. So final GC, one Kirsten Field. Basically, this is one of those races where the intermediate sprint points the, <coughs> the sprint immediate bonifications are really important so Veal mm. having won pretty much all of them won the race even though she was I don't know sixth or something in the final stage Roxanne Fournier second on GC and Annalisa Cucinotta from Ale uh, um, Cipollini third with Georgia Bronzini fourth and Shelley Old fifth uh-huh. and it's it's an interesting race because it's sometimes but not always um it, it, it's quite an interesting thing because it's a bit of a warm-up for the World Cup as well. Yeah, well, I was going to say, one of the interesting things over the last couple of years from memory is that while you've got the the stage race, um, there are riders there that aren't necessarily, or, you know, in my interpretation, but it's, it's theoretically possible that I'm not correct about this, but, you know, we'll leave that open to interpretation. Um uh, you know, there are some riders who who seem to, you know, use the stage race as exactly that, just a warm-up, like hold back a little um, to target the World Cup specifically. I don't know, you see. I think, I think that you're – I mean, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Because you never mm. really know what they're doing because everyone wants to win everything on the one well, hand. And, but... and, yeah, and also, I mean, I think you're spot on. Like a, a lack of much by way of coverage or footage or whatever does make it hard to – to accurately infer anything like that yeah it's it, but, but what's quite interesting is so i'm just having a quick look at the history of who's won the gcs in in the uh in chongming versus who's won the gc who's won the world cups and uh-huh. it's 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 interesting i mean the chongming stage race has been going since 2007 but i think it became uci in 2010 and in 2010 and 2011, Ina Yoko no surprise, won the Tour of Chongming Island stage race and the World Cup in the same year. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, in 20... Hang on, let's see, am I right? Yeah, in 2012, Mel- Melissa Hoskins won the stage race and Shelley Olds won the World Cup. In 2013, Nettie Edmondson won the stage race and... Tatiana Ryabchenko won the World Cup, but that was quite a weird one because Ryabchenko won it, if you remember, because she was she was out being, you know, she was out by herself solo, and she was like had like eight seconds or something on the riders, but she was being charged down by the um, by the peloton, and she turned a corner and was directed the right way. Eight seconds later, the peloton turned the corner and they were directed onto the wrong side of a dual carriageway. Yes. Yes, I do. So they had I to. So well. they had to go back. So so that one doesn't really count. Um, last year, Kirsten Field won the won the um, stage race and and won the World Cup. So it's kind of like we've got like uh, Ina Ina Kirsten won 
you know, won both. Yep. But Shelley Olds and Tatiana Ryabchenko didn't. So it's quite interesting because, you know, it's not it's not a guaranteed thing. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, and oh God, when Ina Yoko Teutenberg won the last one, it was beautiful, man. It was a really gorgeous, amazing race. Like it was, it, that was the one where she, um, where she, she was leading really well. They came into the final corner or they came into the final sprint and she just, everyone expected her to go. And, Charlotte Becker and uh, Chloe Hosking were leading her out and Chloe was, you know, were leading her out yep. and she just goes, go! And made Chloe sprint for the win and everyone else was like sitting there waiting for Ina to start sprinting <laughs> and Chloe won it and it was like such a beautiful Ina moment Ina came second of course out of mm. a massive bunch sprint and it was such a beautiful moment because it's one of those things that's saying that A, it's Ina just having fun Yeah, yeah B, it's like her saying to her teammates, you know, great. And C, it's like, it's it's like, and this was before we had that, you know, this is 2011. And this that was the year that we had start, had those amazing things like, you know, oh, the Flanders finish where, um, you know, where you had that thing of, oh, fuck, if we chase Annemiek van Vleuten, we'll be carrying Mariana Ross <laughs> the line. It's just such yeah. a good day. Yeah, really good, really exciting. Mm. Um, really, really exciting. Um, uh you know, ra- racing, fun to see, you know, fun to see. Well, I say see, but what I mean is read about afterwards. <laughs> and, and, and visualize using your imagination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Well, on that note then, what happened in the World Cup race? So, um, so I'm going to read it from the Wiggle Honda uh, race report. There was sure. nothing especially different from the other stages, apart from some side wind in the bridge and a small break in the finale that the peloton chased back at five to go, Bronzini said. Right, right. <laughs> um, blah, blah, blah. Slightly downhill finishing straight. Um, uh, Bronzini basically won. Ha ha! We were together for the lead out for Chloe, but there was some chaos before the last corner that divided us. So I remained with Nettie in my wheel, Bronzini explained. At 700 metres to go, the best thing was to go out the right side to pull for a sprint. But I had no space, so I decided to wait. At 300 metres to go, I checked the high me, and Nettie wasn't in my draft, so I decided to defend my position and keep Veald's wheel. Fortunately for me, there was a strong headwind, and she had to take a long sprint so I could come out at the last moment. <laughs> well, there you go. And if you... If you, if you... <laughs> Gonna, if you're gonna draft, um, draft behind wheels and come out at the last minute into a Especially yes. right, this is this is basically the Georgia Bronzini invisibility is an invisibility cloak move. This is how she won in um in uh, Melbourne. No, what do I mean? What's that place where you had the World Championships? Geelong. Geelong, yeah. I'm right that it's near Melbourne, aren't I? I'm not completely. Yeah, it's it's uh, an hour and a bit south of Melbourne, but yeah. So in Australian terms, that's just around the corner, right? Yeah, it's kind of like an outer suburb. Yeah, excellent. So, <laughs> yeah, so I can just picture it because, you know, Veald going into a headwind, she is very, very powerful. But, you know, if you were behind her, you'd be completely protected. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. I love I love that whole description. I was trying to go for Chloe and then I was trying to go for Nettie. So I just went for myself. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yes. But I think... I- I wanted to say this about Georgia Bronzini. I was talking about this with my good friend, Ben Atkins. Um, Ben, if you don't know him already, guys, he's wonderful. He used to write all the um, women's cycling stuff for Velo Nation and men's cycling stuff too. And he's like the preeminent women's cycling journalist. Everyone should pay Ben to write about women's cycling. I don't know why they're not. It's not fair. But um, I was talking about this and saying that 
my revelation of the season has been Giorgio Bronzini riding as a domestique. Well, I was thinking about this. I don't think I've seen this happen before. Like, I mean, I've seen it happened in national championships. She's always been very, very, very strong, you know, going yeah. out and riding her teammates and stuff, but in national championships. But you're like, oh, well, she's Italian and that's what Italians do. But I was trying to think about it and I was thinking, like, so for the last couple of years in Wiggle Honda, she's been the only one winning pretty much, yeah? Well, the team's very clearly been geared around her as the as the primary victory engine of the team, you know. Um, from, yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from their first year onwards, you know, she's she's been their sprint winner who's picked up stages in the, the Giro and, you know, and various wins throughout the year and, and sort of has been the, I guess, the guaranteed wins in the bank sort of rider for them. Yeah, yeah. But before that, before she was in Wiggle Honda, she was one of those riders who was purely, who was pretty much purely in... Um, uh, Italian teams, and she was very definitely the star. There wasn't a right. rider who was up there on the same level as her. Like I'm just having a quick look back through her, you know, through through who who her teammates were. Like, mm. and she's not a rider who's been in a team. You know, she's ridden with Martina Brass in 2010. And I think they rode together really beautifully. That was yep. there was some really fun racing style there, but there wasn't. Um, but she hasn't since I've been following women's cycling. She's not really been in a team with like a team of stars, like a team like Cervelo Test Team or a team like HTC High Road right. or, you know, Veloce Sram and, and, or, or Rabo Live, where she's surrounded by other good riders who are, who are the same calibre as her in different style of racing. Right. And this year she has been. Mm-hmm. And also it's been very, I mean, we talked about this, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago as well. It's been interesting as, as she has very clearly this year as well, I think, not just domestic type duties, but also um, like senior rider sort of duties. Being, team leader. Yeah, yeah. Been like a real team leader on the road and, and you know, offering encouragement and advice and, and you know, practical um, encouragement to her teammates in different things. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see... Um, what do I want? A, not so much a change, but sort of like a, a fleshing out of her roles and yeah. responsibility. You know, like and yeah. it could be that, it could be that she was always like that. It's just mm. that the other riders weren't winning, and then having that conversation afterwards, like you know the the, the Elisa Longo Borghini one when she won Flanders about yeah. you know before I rode, Georgia told me you think too much. Mm. You know, mm. you think too much yeah. on and off the bike. Just get out and do it. Just go yeah. with your gut. And, yeah. and her citing that as a reason why she did so well, you know, why she won. Yeah. Well, and why she attacked when she attacked because she felt yeah, I mean, felt right and she did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we've seen, maybe she's been doing this all the time with encouraging, you know, mm. younger riders, lesser riders to do, to do better than they could have done otherwise. But yeah, yeah, so it's wonderful to see her. She just looks like she's having an amazing time all the time. Does Georgia this oh, year. Absolutely. She looks like... absolutely. And, and, you know, I said it earlier in the season, but Wiggle just like, this is, seems to be their magic year where, you know, they've put their, their pieces in place and, and it's all starting to really come together for them. Um, well, last, yeah. I mean, the last two years, they were, they had this, they had this weird thing, didn't they, where they were all about, oh, we've got the British track team squad, you know, mm. who were, who were riders who got a lot of publicity, but weren't racing the biggest races. And, you know, and you know, the track stars, they're not, they're not, in, you know, I'm not dissing them, but yeah, know, they're yeah, not. Yeah, but you don't expect them to they're... dominate on the road, you know. No, but it was slightly interesting seeing the press come from the trackies, but the results come from Georgia. Yeah. You know? But this year, it's this year they've they've won three out of five of the um, World Cups mm. with three different riders. 
You know? I know. It's it, just amazing, really. Lovely. Fun for them. Fun for us. Fun to watch. And, you know, a gr- and, and you know, lucky coincidence that they're the team that are videoing races. <laughs> yeah. It does also help. <laughs> oh, oh, holy shit. Oh, no. I've just thought of women's cycling's biggest conspiracy. What if they didn't win, but because they've got the only video that anyone's seen, we think they did? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's hilarious. No, it's, a, it's the fake moon landings of women's cycling. <laughs> is it the electric bikes? The electric bikes are women's cycling. Um, I, yeah, and we haven't yet seen a video of the Chelming Island World Cup, so who knows? Like, exactly, maybe she didn't win, maybe Georgia didn't win. Holy shit. Oh, well, conspiracy theories abound. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, before, yeah. before we get ourselves into too much trouble, maybe we should um, move to, uh, you know, move on to you offending a different continent. Well, are we talking about conspiracy theories and how the uh, how the Amgenta of California women's invitational time trial managed to be UCI 1.1? <laughs> they literally invited. Honestly, I, I just it's probably lucky we didn't we didn't talk last week, didn't podcast last week because I just spent the entire time. <laughs> I was going to say it would have been an hour of Sarah going, "What the actual fuck? What the fuck? What the?" actual fuck that's all it would have been so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um they're only inv- so why why does this bother me so the i'm gentle of california um women's invitational itt only invites 22 women and at least this year they do they, they kind of in the past like it got off to a very very bad start because the first year ever won they had this really clever thing about the prize pool where they had here's our prize pool and the prizes were going to be dished out on, on how many men women beat yeah yeah so if you only meet beat beat one if only one woman beat one man she'd get a hundred percent of the prize pool i know this doesn't make sense but you're kind of like this doesn't actually make much incentive for women to beat the men because if every woman beats one you know what i mean like if, if what what the actual fuck you know the faster you go relative to the men the more the less money you win yeah. because the prize is being divided amongst other riders what what the actual fuck man what what anyway yeah. it was it was one of those very weird gimmicky sort of promotional things where they were trying to i think the gist of what they were trying to get at was see women ride bikes so fast they can beat some of the men and it's like yeah fucking it's a sideshow man it's it's a sideshow and it pisses me off because it's not a proper so we have an amazing itt (coughs) just coming up in north america soon in the canada because we have gatineau i love gatineau did you just say did you just say the canada (laughs) no you did you said the canada we have a fantastic race coming up in the Canada. <laughs> I didn't say the Canada. I probably coughed. Oh, uh, you and geography. That's awesome. You're such a bastard. <laughs> um, so Gatineau, um, GP Gatineau has a proper, 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 proper ITT field, and it's like a proper race, and it's it's awesome, and it's 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 proper. Oh, I say it's proper, but it had twenty riders last year. Oh my god, I'm just gonna have to kill myself. Yes, ITTs, it's wonderful. Anyway, <sighs> the invitational ITT. You can talk about it. It was going to be a, a really hard course, I think, up mountains and stuff, but didn't it snow on Big Bear Mountain? And yeah, so they well, had to hold it somewhere else. I think they had to move it like the day before because there was horrendous <laughs> weather conditions. So it had to be had to be moved 
uh, to elsewhere. And um, and then basically, um, to be perfectly honest, I don't know a lot about it because I was at work. And so Evelyn Stevens won. And that's the end of my detailed knowledge. Yeah, I kind of seen a video for it. I think it was live, but I was at work or something. Um, yes, yeah, so Evelyn Stevens won um, four seconds ahead of Lauren Stevens, spelt differently of Tibco, and Kristen Armstrong of 2016, Amber Neban um, in, uh, in fourth, Taylor Wiles in fifth. Now, that's interesting because Kristen Armstrong de-retired from cycling very, 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 very recently. And the way that most people knew that she de-retired was she was announced as being in the Pan American Championships, big, big America um, cycling competition, um, yeah. cycle uh, continental thing, which was, which was very, very controversial because while Kristen Armstrong is the last two um, Olympic ITT champ, and is coming back to hit a, to, to hit the Olympic ITT. Obviously, she hasn't been racing. Yeah. And even more interestingly, um, you're supposed to announce your de-retiring six months before you do, so that you can be in the doping testing pool. Yes. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so, so very quickly, she was unselected from the uh, the national Pan- team. Yeah. From the Pan Am's champs. Um, so the Pan Am's champs were won by Carmen Small of 2016 with Tara Witten of Canada in the second. <laughs> the Canada. Canada. Um, <laughs> and uh, Advanced Canada Fair, right? That's the anthem. Um, Holy but... fuck. It, honestly, it is Sarah Fenn's yet another continent, isn't it? It really is this week. <laughs> so, okay. But Carmen Small had a but had a mechanical in the middle of the um, women's invitational ITT in Cali and had to change her bike and finished 14th. So this is particularly interesting because obviously Kristen Armstrong has picked up some points there. So when it comes to we're going to have yet again um, USA Cycling interesting selection over who gets yeah. to ride what, but even more so who will get to ride the olympics for the yes. usa and the itt yes indeed indeed so watch mm. that watch that race watch that space watch that that whole thing yes i'm um, lovely to see tara witten back tara witten if you aren't a massive 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 track fan um was is a canadian um cyclist she uh she won tons of things she's really really strong on this she, she was one of those people who she just moved from skiing if i'm remembering rightly off the top of my head yeah she moved from cross-country skiing to cycling and then she went she went really she was a really really super strong uh tracky and she won the bronze medal in the 2012 olympics um as part of the women's team pursuit and i believe she then retired to go back to finish her i want to say microbiology phd yeah sold i'll take it yep neuroscience it's neuroscience or mic or night night microbiological neuroscience with it's neuro, neuro robot things neuroscience uh, her phd in neuroscience at the university of alberta so she was another at the time when she was racing she's another kind of super strong rider who does the kind of time tracky time trialy disciplines it's who's so, working on eight. isn't it interesting you know like the guys the guys when they train go out and then then for recovery i don't know sit around in in watch netflix or or something and the women all seem to you know go hard training and then sit around recovering while studying for phds (laughs) or university yeah 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 it's just it's it's weird isn't it you know like or remotely operating small robots on mars or whatever the fuck it is they do it's it's insane (laughs) 
It's true. Mm. So, yeah, um, I am. Um, so this is part of the fantastic North American UCI season um, that we've been having. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. They've just had a bunch of stage races um, over there and it's great. They then have a little bit of a break and on the 31st of May have the Winston-Salem Cycling Classic in the States somewhere. And yep. then they go up to Canada to ride Gatineau, this, the Grand Prix de Gatineau and the Chrono Gatineau on the 4th and 5th of June. And then they come back for the Philadelphia Classic next round of the World Cup on the 7th of June. Indeed. I'm excited. Where, Philly is... where the winner gets a cheesesteak and the loser has to eat a cheesesteak. So... <laughs> Yeah, the winner gets a cheesesteak, second place, two cheesesteaks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, mm. so, um, yeah, cool, cool things. And um, it's always yeah, sunny. No, it's always sunny at the Philadelphia Classic, so. It's always sunny. You know what I love about, I, I know I said this a lot, but the whole idea of the people who invented the Philly Classic just wandered around the his tallest hills in Philadelphia looking for a road to make into a climb. And they picked on <laughs> Magic Wall. Like It's a bit like walking around Bristol and going, oh, you know what? That's uh, going to be our new climb. That's the, uh, that's the constitutional hill. That's the constitutional wall, that is. You know, and yeah, I'm, it's so, I love that race. I hope we get some live coverage because the American, American well, they races... Do, they usually do pretty well with that race, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. They last year. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about last year's race. Oh, I loved it. It was great. Oh, yeah, fantastic coverage last year. If we repeat that, I'll be. I'll be super happy. It was terrible. It was fucking great. Is what it was. It was iconic. It was. Yeah. It was brilliant. I loved it. Favorite. Favorite race coverage of the year. Easy. Hands down. So anyway, um, moving right along. Um, are we still on the same continent or do we need to move to yet another continent uh, to let's offend people? Venezuela. Is Venezuela... See, now I'm going to offend people. Is Venezuela Central America or South America? Oh, shit. Good question. I think it's let's Central. Let's go to Wiki. I think it's <laughs> Central, but let's, think... let's just make sure, okay? It's on the northern coast of South America. Yeah, we're failing. It's Sarah oh, and wow. Dan well, yeah, it's oh, yeah, America. wrote me in. Yeah, all right, I'll go down. Yeah, okay, fine. Take me down with you, whatever. <laughs> Stop making going down jokes in your head. That's rude. <laughs> you were. You so were. Everyone knows. Listen to you giggle, you little evil. Like, yeah, if was if this was the Wisdom Silent Classic, we'd be burning you at the stake. <laughs> Good lord. We had the Copa Federación uh, Venezolana de Ciclismo, which is a a uh, 67.2 kilometer race and it was won by Gladimar Tapia from Venezuela with Jennifer Mariana Cesar Salazar in second and Daniel Andre Andrea Guajardo Cornejo in the third from Chile so yeah so that was the first uh, Venezuelan race and the second Venezuelan race is the Clásico Federación Venezolana de Ciclismo Corre por la Vida so they're called the same race it's the Clásico Federación Venezolana de Ciclismo but this is the Corre por la Vida race for life and that's 78k and that was won by a Chilean rider Paula uh, Paula Andrea Paula Andrea Muñoz Grandón with Ingrid Mayeli Porosor Ochoa and Maria Jose Tapia Romero of Venezuela in second and third. And 
all of these races are quite interesting. We've had this with the um, the surprise the surprise UCI. These aren't really surprise UCI races. They've been on the calendar for ages, but they're kind of the sort of UCI races where they suddenly appear, like um, where where they're just like pretty much one country or two countries. So right. the sort of California the California time trial where they deliberately only invited two non North Americans, um, two non you know big Americans, right. so that they could. <clears throat> So that it has useful for use for Olympic qualification, and we've also had the surprise South African races, uh, which had yeah, all yeah. African. I don't understand how they can have UCI points because in up well, I don't know if the rules have changed, but I, my understanding with the rules was you had to have a certain number of nationalities racing for it to be UCI qualif- classified. Yeah, yeah. I but as you say, I don't know if it's changed. Um, interesting. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Weird. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so um, there we had the race in Venezuela. Um, over in Belgium, we had the Trophée Martin Weinens, which is part of the Lotto Cycling Cup, um, which was won by Natalie van Gogh. I wonder if you say van Gogh in Dutch. Anyway, with Park Hotel Valkenburg, who was in a two-woman break with Lottie, Lottie Kopecky from Topsport Vlaanderen. And Sarah Mustanen from Live Plantour bringing up the bunch sprint for third cool. um, 15 seconds later. So, yeah, so hurrah for the Lotto Cycling Cup. They are quite a lot of fun races. Mm. Um, they're part of, we've talked about this uh, at Nauseam about how they're part of the series of. Um, yeah, Belgian races that um, only Belgians can win, but everyone yeah. can race. So, you know, exactly. yay. Yeah. So, that was the racing. That was quite the racing. Really so, interesting. And and a lot, a lot of diversity. I mean, I know we we've sort of talked about that a lot this year, but it is good to see, you know, more even even when they are a bit surprise races and when they don't quite make sense in terms of who turns up and stuff. It is good to see more races turning up in other parts of the world. So yeah, and it's yeah. kind of and this is you know Dan said at the top of the show that this is like how we with this we, we kind of divide the se- the season into little parts, and this is kind of an intermediate part because quite a lot of the big riders are taking this off this time off so if you're a top sprinter you go to china because it's like your world cup that you're pretty you know apart from you know barring misdirection it's guaranteed to be a bunch sprint yeah, yeah. so that's why you have your shelly olds and your georgia bronzinis and your your Kirsten Kirsten turning up yep absolutely but it's also why you don't have but also because the because the rest of the season because the rest of the season is more geared towards climbing you know mm. climbing six types basically then the 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 chongming results don't really have an impact on the overall series yeah well and i mean actually in relation to the world cup though that is going to be interesting this year because we've got more world cups than we've had in a while too so yeah but i reckon but it's i, I don't know who's going out to philly because the thing about philly philly is the next world cup is it is, is it's on at the same time as um well well it's on you know two days before durango durango and a macadamian beer so you couldn't really ride philly and then come back for a macadamian beer and Imakamin Bira is is, is an is an important race because it's a um, well it's in June so it's pre national championships um, and it's also the first hilly stage race yeah 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 which you know so, being in June is also pre Giro so exactly so yeah you have you you, you bang yeah. up for that and then you have the and so it's kind of like Imakamin Bira is a really important race for that because you sure. you get to climb. 
which you don't always do that and you get to um stage race yeah, um, yeah. Have had, we have had like um elsie jacobs and we have had uh obviously the wonderful energy walker tour but this is kind of a different kind of stage race you know yeah and it's a different lead up to to that part of the season you know in, in our next thematic thing it is sort of stage racing time yeah um, this is the kind of first of the stage race to me this is the first yeah. of the sub stage races as in the in the um you northern, know it, northern hemisphere no, northern hemisphere yes, yes. exactly yes. and i don't know does china, china counts as part of the northern hemisphere doesn't it yes yes it does so it's the first of the stage races in europe <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. Sarah okay. offends another. Wow. Well, so, yeah, I think we're up to four continents so far. Wow. Can we make it yeah. to all, all of the inhabited ones? Who knows? Stick with us and, um, and we'll find sure out together. Sure, we can offend penguins, can't we, if, if we try really hard enough? Uh, I, I'm, honestly, I don't even – none of the things that I immediately thought of I'm going to say, so – yeah. Okay. Mm. I'm just having a quick look at the Macanimbera um, things. Some, well, some I was going to things... say actually, though, but in, I, I want to go back to Philly, though, in that regard, because I do think that's a really interesting point in terms of it being a World Cup. Is, you know, I mean, I assume that Velocio Ram, Last Ram, will, will definitely want to put on a good showing there, um, you know, because they've probably arguably got one of the strongest connections for, for top world teams. Uh, but then you're also going to see, um, I guess, the the big American teams too, like United Healthcare and and Tipco and and that go after pretty hard. 2016, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so, we also have bowls because I keep forgetting that Evie Stevens isn't on yeah, Velocity. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then also, given how the World Cups have gone so far, I don't know who they'll send, but I kind of have to, I kind of have to say, you, you can't bet against Wiggle, can you? Well, I don't know if Wiggle are going because Wiggle, because Wiggle haven't, because Wiggle, because the thing, if I was a, but would, was a would team, Mara Abbott, would Wiggle send Mara Abbott? I mean, I know it's not her kind of race at all, but would they send her because it's a World Cup? Well, Mara raced the last two, um, the, the last two UCI races. She, she won Tour de Gila under the banner of um, the Amy D Foundation yeah. team. Like a mixed team, so yeah. Um, let me have a quick look at. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm fascinated. That's quite interesting. Would Mara? Will Mara? How how could Mara do? Will Mara yeah. do well? Yeah. Let's turn to CQ well, ranking. Yeah. Okay. Well, while you're looking that up, I'll just explain why I I had that thought, which is you know, um, Mara has at various points in time, um, not made a secret of the fact that she prefers to race in the US rather than Europe. But then at the same mm. time, the type of rider she is, she is very much a, a climby kind of rider, which would normally, you think, rule her out of this kind of race, except that we know from experience that Philly um, tends to be very aggressive circuits with really punchy climbs, which could could suit her, maybe. But I, but, but I don't know because it's got the descent, hasn't yeah, it? It's yeah, like, and it's that's got... the thing. So, so it's, it, even if she did go, I'm not suggesting for a second that it's a, a given or anything that she would that she would, you know, necessarily dominate, particularly when you look at riders like Ebby, who that race almost is built for in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's, it was you know. very, very interesting, the Philly Classic, because yeah. up until two years ago, it was um, the Maniunk Wall was in the middle of the circuit. Mm. Yeah, and it's a hard climb, but it's got a good descent, and it was always a bunch sprint. And <laughs> I'm sorry, Americans. No American rider had won it, um, uh, had won it ever, um, until they changed the course. Yeah. So 
it was like this really big American race, but it was never won by Americans. But, so... you know, I mean, I, I'm totally cool with that. When we when we routinely celebrate the Lotto Cycling Cup, which is literally a series of races that they changed the rules so that only Belgians could win it, I'm totally fine with the Americans moving the finish. Yeah, so I'm just, so... I'm just having problems here. I'm just having problems finding the Philadelphia Classic online because the thing is, is it used to be run by one organisation for years and years, and I want to say it was... Um, you know, it, it was there for it was it was it was there for 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 ages. But then they kind of changed it, and so the history and it, it, it disappeared for a while, which was gutting. Mm. Um, and I can't find the results beyond when it was moved when they when they when they changed it, which is really frustrating because I'm just oh no, oh god, you know, because oh, but basically it was won by Ina Yoko Teutenberg, Ina Yoko Teutenberg. Uh, Giorgio Bronzini, uh, Petra Rothner uh, was won the first one. Do you know what I mean? It was won yeah, by lots yeah. and lots and lots of different people. But I don't know how Mara did. Well, let's have a look in the last two editions because that is, you know, that's when that's that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, so, pretty much. Uh, so let me do my bad googling. Woohoo! I'm Sarah. Meet my bad googling. Ah. Mm. So in 2013, it came back. It was a 1.2 race, and it was won by Ebby Stevens with Joel Neumannville in second and Claudia Lichtenberg, Claudia Hauschler in third, um, Shelley Olds fourth, Mara Abbott fifth. Yep. And Mara was, and it was Old Abbott and Albrecht as a little group that was seven seconds behind. And that's interesting because Shelley Olds you would not put as a climber. Yeah. So last year, um, Evie Stevens won, Lex Albrecht was second, Lauren Hall was third, Alina Alamusic, Flavia Oliveira, and Mara Abbott was seventh. And it looks like it was a bunch sprint, but that seems unlikely. I think that's just okay. a CQ problem. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect Mara Abbott to do to do to win it because, just because of the as much yeah, climbing it's got, it's got the descending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so it's not, you know, it's not an ideal course, but, you know, and, and she might not even be there, but, you know, I just think I just think it's going to be a very interesting race. So are you thinking that this might be Wiggle getting four out of six? Well, if I was Wiggle, I mean, I'd be awfully tempted, wouldn't you? Like, really? I mean, I know yeah. there are I know there are other points of focus that are looming over the horizon, but when you've had such a stunning start to the, the World Cups as it as it stands... I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I am really looking forward to seeing what Velocio Sram do now they don't have um, Mara Abbott because they, um, Trixie Warwick won the um, Tour of California stage race. And who they, and they've got quite an interesting team because they've got Alina Amielusic out there who is a good climber and also very, very good tactical racer. Yeah. And I know that we say that you don't have to be so, ta- you know, you don't have to have as much bunch skills to race in North America, but you still have to get your positioning right because you want to be at the front of the man it might be not as narrow as the average american climb uh, the average european climb but it's still a it's basically it's just like a residential street they just yeah. decided to, so it's not as it's not one of those wide you know well, wide and, and also a, a wide a wider street has its own challenges anyway because it can make it easier to misjudge um you know the because you don't get the same sort of um uh, perspective that you get when it's when it's more strung out on a narrow road and stuff like that so you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are ways that there are ways that that could trip a rider up for sure. Yeah, but the other rider I'm quite interested in, who's out in America from Velocio but hasn't been racing, is Tiffany Cromwell. Yes, because Tiff has been doing um, uh, the race commentary for the tour of, for, for tour of California for the women's race, and very well she did too. 
Um, but I don't know whether that's because she's not racing right now or whether it's because she's um, hitting, you know, she's, she's going to, she's there to basically hit Philly hard, like with, yeah, in, the, in yeah. the absence of, and Tiff, of course, rode American racing. She did a, she did at least one season of American racing before she came to Europe. Sure, um, sure. So that's interesting. And, and so, yes. again, actually the kind of punchy rider that she is, Philly could be a very good course for her. So yeah. yeah, and there's so many good right. There's so many, and you know, Optum and UHC. It's going to be a yeah. really, really interesting one. So I guess what we have to do is look at who. We'll know a little bit more about who's going to be riding Philly from who rides Winston Salem, maybe who rides um, uh, Gatineau. Yeah, because it yeah. could be that people go out there and send a team. But yeah, I've no idea. I don't know. It's it's fascinating. I'm really, really looking forward to Philly. I don't know if that's come across yet, but yeah. Really, I, mean, I couldn't tell. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm having a quick look at uh, Macamine Beera and the climbs look like they're only 400 metres high from the rubbishy visuals. Like They look like there's some nice climbs, but they only look like 400 metre climb, uh, climbs, which is a real probably, disappointment for Probably me. just as well Emma Pooley retired then. Oh, I know. God damn it. It's, it's heartbreaking for me because you um, you see like in the olden days, Macamine Beera <laughs> was the where they had a an uphill, you know, the, the time trial was an uphill time trial climbing up a Pyrenee, a Pyrenee, a mountain, one of the Pyrenees. Oh, in the olden days. In, in the, the olden days, Daniel. Well, it's just gutting that they've now got their ITT as a flat 1.9k prologue when they've had some amazing things. Like it was at a Macamine Beera that was the only time that um, specialised Lululemon were beaten since Cervelo Test Team disappeared. You know, it's oh, sad, 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 sad. Stop living in the past. Anyway, um, what so, else? Uh, speaking of the past, what else have you seen around this week? <laughs> um, my heart goes out to Micah Polspol, um, oh. lift planter, Belgian rider. She's just been announced this week that she's diagnosed with an autoimmune autoimmune pancre- pancreatitis. And this means it's an autoimmune condition. It's one of those ones that you live with, I think, for the whole of your life. And one of the things it's, it's, it's treated with various medicines, and one is a corticosteroid, corticosteroid. Yes. And because of this, she can't race for her team anymore, Liv Planter, because um, Liv Planter, a member of the um, MPCC, the Movement for Credible Cyclists, cycli- Cycling, and they say that any rider who's taking corticosteroids can't race. Yeah. And as a result, um, Mike has had to leave the team. Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. Um, and you know, yeah, absolutely, I, I feel for her as well. It's it is one of those really interesting things too, isn't it? Because there is that that kind of issue as as teams struggle to find the right balance between. Um, you know, maintaining the the cleanliness of the sport and their integrity, both real and perceived, of, of teams and riders. Um, and when you butt up against, you know, and I'm not suggesting in this instance at all, but, but you know, the theoretical possible abuse of things like TUEs, um, it, it's understandable that the, the teams adopted a very strict policy and they're now abiding by it. It's just very unfortunate when someone with a you know, a very, very serious condition falls on the wrong side of it, I guess. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I've got an autoimmune condition and if you take your drugs, 
you just you know it's just carrying it you can carry mm. with a lot of them like this one she can carry as normal and actually Micah was racing in the Trophée Martin Winans uh, for the Belgian national team and came sixth yeah. and she's saying that she actually feels fit enough to race it's just I mean the problem is is the movement poor credit for, for credible cycling is this one you know like how on men's side there's only one issue that anyone cares about and that's doping. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not saying that's wrong because, you know, some of the recent results, yay, yay, male, male Hannah Solovey winning what Romandy. You know, <laughs> some of the things are, oh, look, you're riding better than you did when you're on drugs as a teenager. Marvellous. You know, you, you, you do slightly, I can see why the obsession is it. But, however, the only reason that Liv Planteur is a member of the movement Poor Credible Cyclismo, uh, Cyclisma is because they're part of the men's team, you know? Yeah, and yeah. and it's like there's there's only like a handful of... And the only teams that are in the MPCC on the women's side are the ones that are allied to men's and not even Orica. Uh, so it's, you know, it's Lotte Sudal and UHC and mm. teams like that. So, yeah, so gutting, absolutely fucking gutting. But yeah. it's also that kind of thing where... As a women's cycling fan, going, all oh, right, credible cycling, that means um, that means no doping. Whereas we're like, oh, credible cycling, that means paying your fucking riders. <laughs> it's the little things, isn't it? Um, it, it is always, uh, you know, and this is always going to be the issue with, with, particularly with the doping side of things anyway, because no matter where you draw the line in the sand, there will be legitimate reasons for exceptions, and those yeah. won't necessarily always be accepted. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, there's no point beating around it. It it fucking sucks, but, you know, at the same time, it's understandable. Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. But however, it's also seems a little bit unfair on poor Michael Polspol, who's, who's, who's cancelling it. Because, you know, when you look down who the members of the movement, poor credible cyclism include, they do include Katusha. (laughs) <laughs> are you are you suggesting that there's possibly a hint of hypocrisy amongst some of the, um, the members? In their pro conti team, they include Russ Velo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, point taken. And, and, point and taken. actually, when you look at when you look at some of the team, so the men, so in the in the world tour teams, the the ones that are definitely there, um, AG two or AG two are. Oh, Astana! Astana is a member. Astana oh, is a member of the movement for incredible cyclism. Representative Alexander Vinokurov. You're fucking shitting me. I'm not. I'm literally looking on the movement for oh the movement. No, that's it. No, new, no, new topic. I swear, new, no, swear to fucking my, God. My future aneurysm needs us to change the topic now. Oh my God. So, so basically, so while you've got a movement without their pro teams that involve. Astana, oh, Katusha. Holy fucking bullshit. And so poor Michael Porsport can't race because of a medical condition. Oh. Because they're a member of this organisation. I, I just... Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I guess while we're on the topic of things that are just so sickeningly infuriating that you want to kick everyone in the balls, how about we talk about Amanda Batty and Pinkbike? Oh, my God. Yeah, you can do this. You can start this. All right. So, downhill mountain biker Amanda Batty, who... Oh, can I start about Pinkbike? Actually, if I do the background for Pinkbike... All right. You, um... do the, you, do the, you do the background of Pinkbike. 
Okay, so Pink Bike is one of the biggest downhill mountain bike sites, and I go on it a lot because it has um, it has some really great articles actually about the World Cup, which they include stuff about the women on it, and they include stuff about, and they go out of their way to occasionally have stuff about women's downhill cycling. So you know, however, they have a slightly it's one of those sites where you don't go into the comments. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, you know, which is like a lot of the internet but you know naive fools that we are sarah and i are sometimes of the belief that the world could be better if people would only fucking try um just a bit yeah yeah so amanda batty downhill mountain biker um aspiring pro racer um who over time with her involvement on pink bike um sort of became known as a um you know somewhat opinionated a little bit controversial but intelligent you know, and good writer. They paid her, they, and, they paid and, her to be that. Yeah, exactly. Wound up offering they paid her, her to be controversial. Yeah, wound up offering her a paid um, column on the on the site, and um, and over the course of quite a while, she she wrote and and worked at the craft of her writing, and and you know, her column was getting good results and blah blah blah. Anyway, um, she has fallen out with Pink Bike and written um a couple of posts on her personal blog now that sort of detailed the breakup and why and and her side of how and why it happened essentially it well, boils it, down to um, she got dumped i think she, she got dumped rather than she fell out with them from her side of the story yeah, she definitely yeah. got but she she left a comment um on someone else's article about a line that um in particular was sexist and offensive and that I think is an undisputed fact, given that Pink Bike have since edited that line twice. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, long story short, um, Amanda then found herself being frozen out. Her articles were no longer being published, or not published nearly as frequently. But there was very little feedback or reasoning, and and all of that sort of stuff. So she wrote this this thing. It kind of blew up a little bit. Pink Bike were like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not even. And so she then wrote a follow-up with all the screenshots and copies of emails and things that proved, aha, uh-huh, did too. And, um, and yeah, so it's been... I, 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 the thing is, I can't honestly say it's been shocking because, again, like you say, if you've ever read the comments, I mean, it's fucking obvious that, that that's the kind of community it is. But I think it's been very important because Amanda has not just let it slide and she's shone a light on it and she's detailed her experience. She's provided detailed evidence that supports her claims and she's pointed out that, you know, this shit won't change unless people actually talk about it. And um, and I think yeah. that's one of the really interesting things is that it is sparking that kind of a conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... it's... It's, it's, I mean, you know, it's like we've seen this in, if you're, you know, if you're a woman or a person looking at like various different parts of the world, you know, we've seen lots of things like this. In, yeah. You know, the, we saw it in the atheism slash skeptic community with the Rebecca Watson elevator gate um, yeah. as a flashpoint um, in a couple of years ago. And obviously there's Gamergate and, yeah. you know, the, the, the stuff with the Hugo Awards and, uh, and science fiction community. So it's like, it's not like this stuff doesn't happen. And, I think there's. I think one of the interesting things is that she was saying that before she, before before this thing, before this this 
thing kicked off. She'd actually told people about people were following her around the internet before all of this, just based on her comments. And, yeah. You know, being vile and horrible and nasty and evil. And actually, if you look at some of the comments on her article on her blog, you're like, mm. fuck me. You know, I mean, we get a little bit of this on our blog, don't we? We get like people we rock do. up and go, no one's interested in women's cycling. No one. And, yeah. 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 Which, <laughs> which is, is hilarious. Yeah, uh, thank you for taking the time and effort to tell us because, you know, the the roughly thousand other people who came to that exact same blog post disagree with you, so fuck you, well, sincerely. Also, well, you know, thank you for demonstrating no one cares. You know, there's no better yeah, way to demonstrate by, no one by cares. caring than so hard. <laughs> to, kind of, kind of, to kind of track down my blog and leave yeah. a comment on it, you know, yeah. set up a burner account to do it. No yeah. one cares. No one. Um, yeah, I love, I love that. That is my, that is my fa- all-time favorite bad trolling. No <laughs> one cares. It's like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah. Less. So, so it's not, yeah, but I mean, the thing that was really, really so frustrating because pink bike's been a problematic site for me for ages because you know i just don't go in the comments because if you see a great article full of fantastic photos about i don't know rachel atherton or someone like that you know that in the comments there's going to be a subsection of people going oh you would wouldn't you oh you know oh, i'd rather rather, uh, rather do her instead and then you're going to see a subsection of people go oh women can't ride bikes why are you even showing this and yeah which is is kind of like i just i just don't have time for that you know yeah. i can't be bothered and it's just it is it is what it is what you do you know yeah. you just go you just kind but of it, it, absolutely uh, you know and and there is a certain amount of that 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 you know you sort of just know is going to be there but one of the things that i think is really interesting is that it's starting to spark a little bit more of an for want of a better term, an editorial conversation about well, what the like, editors of these sites do in well, the face this of is, well, well, what was interesting about this is one of the things that the Pink Bike people chastised her for was was being too aggressive in responding to comments, into respo- yeah. into getting into getting into arguments, and and you know too aggressive and basically be a nicer person, which you know I've never heard that as a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially after they've literally hired her to be controversial. Her you common know, title and, is called Bitches Brew. Yeah. You know, like. and then and then on top of that you know you you know the the column titles that they've asked her to be controversial but then also you know when she's when she's you see the kind of vile comments that people are making to and about her and she's supposed to just sit meekly by yeah and also she's supposed to sit back so the line so you know the line that was in the review was blah 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 this bike handles like your girlfriend does when she's drunk too many too many shots and you can persuade her to do anything yeah you know and you're like what the f-? like I, I i don't even know why you'd put that into a review like it's not it's not yeah, it's exactly. not it's just it's just stupid you know it's stupid and it's what 13 year old boy and it's well, sorry it's... boy it's not all 13 not, not all 13 year old boys <laughs> did, you just, did you just not all men on our podcast i just not all men i know i not all 13 year old boys um no, but but it, it is. It's just the it's the kind of thing that like any halfway intelligent or responsible editor should have flagged and and changed at the very least, removed probably at the very best before hitting publish. Because I mean, oh my god, that sentence! It's like that. That is flirting around the wrong side of the line on implied date rape and all sorts of shit that you just don't publish. 
But like, also, it's like it's just unnecessary, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's like it's it's not like the only thing that you can do is to compare. I mean, I suppose there is an interesting thing about the laddish side of the Mount Downhill stuff. You know, it's adrenaline, la la la. We talk about how wonderful it is all the time. Well, I do. But there's this laddish side too that oh, lads, you know, banter. You know, um, uh, let's yeah, just call still, everyone else still, gay. Let's. Yeah, I still call a bit of bullshit on that because I mean, really, that happens whenever you know a group of say two or more guys gather if they're not in you know responsible intelligent adults like <laughs> i was gonna have to not all menu there as well <laughs> not all guys dan <laughs> yeah. but you know so so the thing is like you know none of that none of that excuses the the thing i don't give a shit how laddish it is so yeah. Yeah. No, no, and it's and it's kind of like the thing that really you can't you literally can't win as a woman in this because if you speak out about it, you know, it's that kind of oh killjoy fun hating feminazi type response. And if you just sit by and watch it, you're 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 implicitly yeah. you're implicitly so you mind. Yeah, exactly. And so anyway, so I mean I think the thing is is one of the things Amanda was saying was it wasn't so much about her getting sacked, dumped. It was that she got dumped without being told about it. Like the yeah. reason she went public about it was she'd asked them by email, she asked them by email. And in her second so she has her first piece about it, and in her second piece about it, which is what the one full of her screenshots of conversations, because what happened was Pink Bite, rather than go, Yeah, you know what, we made a mistake, we probably should have handled this differently. Our recollection of things is slightly different to Amanda's, but you know, we we, we should have been a bit more better about our communication yeah which is you know the, the the kind of obvious what they did was kind of bang on about basically no she's wrong she was shit and this is why we got rid of her and this is why she's wrong and and she did it they did a comment like that on her own blog where they're like where the, where the editor was like no no you're wrong and this is why you're wrong and she was like and why have you done it like this why did you go public and she's like yeah you've just gone and pasted copy and pasted this exact same response on a whole load of different forums where they're talking about this but you didn't reply to my email that i sent you three hours ago yeah yeah you know, it's like there's a very, very interesting thing about how you respond to stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. I mean, there is – and I am interested in how editors respond to this. So mm. there was something that I was quite – I did quite like. Yeah. Which was Wade Wallace's response oh, on Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought that was – I mean, obviously, you know, there's a certain amount that you kind of just have to say because it's the right thing to say. But I, I, I thought Wade – said it well and i particularly liked that way unequivocally pointed out who the problem has been on ella um yeah 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 wade 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 was very interesting about it because he's 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 been very he's been very open about the about finding it difficult about whether ella cycling tips should be a separate part the women's side should be a separate part of the site or integrated into the main site and i have obviously got interesting views on this. I personally think that I would like to see if it was me and it was my site, I'd have all the women's stuff on the front page, but I'd also have a section where you could just go in and find it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like with, like with like say cycling news does with cyclocross and track yeah. and da da da. Yeah. You still have it on the front page, but if someone just is interested in that most, they can go in as a, as a, as a sub portal. Is that the right word? Well, you've just got a category for it, you know, you know, yeah, exactly. So, so it still but goes. He, yeah. But he was saying about, about the about the cycling tips and the discussion threads and he said we've never had to moderate so many comments in the six years we've been around since they've launched ella yeah which i thought was a very powerful point particularly because he follows up with and all of these troubling comments have been made by men 
Yeah, and he's saying that, you know, that, that, that they've, and actually what's happened is they began to hear from women on social media. They don't see Ella as a friendly place for them to join in on discussions. And I wouldn't. I mean, I don't go into the comments on Ella. And I, and I don't know whether it's like something about the Aussie macho thing, you know, I'm not all Aussies, um, ah. you know, but the, the, the kind of the cultural thing of like, because I've noticed it on, you know, there's, there's cycling tips itself has always had a, oh, let's have a fight types in their comments in the commentary. But the stuff on the women's side was, you know, like, just, I don't know, there's something about writing about women's cycling that makes some people completely fucking infuriated. And that's not just women's cycling, it's women in tech, it's women in yeah. science fiction, it's well, women in. Exactly, and it, it, it's just yet another example that highlights the, the difficult spot that women are put in socially. Um, absolutely, and I, I think, you know, Wade, the other, the other sentence that really stood out for me was him saying, I do find it interesting that we're trying to build a female voice for the site, and it's yeah. select men who have been getting in the way of the dialogue we're trying to create. Yeah, mm. yeah. Interesting. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so sad for Amanda Batty. Interesting, you know, we've, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, sad, sad, sad for Amanda Batty, but, yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's also good, I guess, that these things come out because, you know, one of the things that she was saying is there's various women who said that yeah, they they actually don't, and this is a thing about being a woman in the internet in 2015 as well as you know what is going to be the next Gamergate. You know, yeah. it's not. It's not like it's it's like I I feel like that sometimes that you know you can't you can't oh, well I I better you know one day that you know will will they come for me you know what I mean like it's 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 like kind of the stuff that's been picked on have been so so weird like um, Caroline Criado Perez in in Britain when the campaign to get a woman featured on a banknote resulted in the most unbelievable like you'd literally think that she was campaigning to have I don't know. Adolf Hitler and 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 Goering on the banknotes. Do you know to what be, I mean? To be perfectly honest, I actually think that would have been less controversial. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, like why is that controversial? Anyway, so that was depressing. Yeah, yeah, which you know, <laughs> awesome, because you always love yeah. a good bit of depression. But then. Then you found a video of mountain bike riders in New Zealand, so that cheered I did, and that bit. was fun. I was cheered up watching mountain bike. I, you know, I'm kind of slightly gutted because I now can't go on pink bikes, so where am I going to find all my mountain bike videos? God damn it! So if anyone knows of a really good mountain bike site that um, has videos of women cycling, tell me. Yeah. Um, I'm at underscore pigeons underscore on Twitter, and you can leave a comment on prowomenscycling.com where we'll put all the videos of things we've seen and the links to various stuff, what or, we've seen. Uh, Conversely, if anyone wants to contribute significantly to Sarah's Patreon um, so that we could fund a, a women's mountain bike section on our website, feel free to do that also. <laughs> you know, so, you know, fund her, fund her enough and we'll, we'll even hire Amanda Batty to write controversial opinion-y type things <laughs> about stuff. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, Dan, <laughs> uh, there's a really interesting piece by Emma Johansson on her blog about what she's been doing this summer. Because obviously Emma usually goes all out to hit the classic season. And, yeah, but, and then, of course, know, she hasn't because she broke bits of herself. Yeah, this, year um, she, this year she chose a, an unusual tactic of um, seeing how many pieces she could put her collarbone in. Um, I don't think she her I think she's she, so she's got a very interesting piece about what she's done about what she's done instead and about how you know there's kind of it's not very long but she's talking about like normally I'd build in a period of long distance training to keep her fitness up but because yep. she's missed out on her top con condition she didn't really know what training she'd do so she did some training at the Bacala Academy and you know and kind of look at look, looked at herself in a different way and she says that 
she says she's got a there's a love-hate relationship between me and my ergo trainer i know that the efforts i put in will pay off but the time i spend on it feels like slow motion yeah yeah um <laughs> so basically look look for emma to take all of that frustration and rage out on the road near you soon well we do have some emma style races coming up yeah yeah exactly yeah so you know hmm, that will be interesting um, yeah. Speaking of injury, Amber Pierce, our friend Amber Pierce, who's writing for now. I can't remember the order of the names, so tell me if I get it wrong. But it's like Pepper's Pig Palace or something like that. Um. Oh God. In the, in the US Palace. this year. Pepper Palace. Pepper Palace. Yeah. I think they're presented by Happy Tooth. Okay. Right. Well. Um. Anyway, she suffered uh, an injury at the start of the season, which has been um, somewhat frustrating. Uh, but she's written a really, really um, nice blog about coping with that and um yeah and hopefully her recovery continues a pace that's a mm-hmm. word you don't hear in podcasts very often but a pace <laughs> and um and that she's back to to fitness and racing shortly excellent mm. yes yeah, so good good for her good for her um yeah and coming up we've got their racing so we're racing everywhere at the moment we've got the tour of zushan island which is a race in china that only generally a couple of teams ride but luckily one of them is Wiggle Honda so we should get a video if you like to see video of Chinese racing which I do um, we have in France Le Classique Mohaban and GP Plumelec Mohaban on the 29th and 30th um, over in over in the low countries we have Holland Hills Classic on the 29th of May which is the one that goes like something like seven times over the Kalberg I love that race and then on the Sunday is Guick Guick Gerardsberg and Guick which you know as suggests goes over Gerardsberg and oh my god it's like it's like one of the spring classics but at the very very end of spring and then yeah and then we hit the the usa season and we're building 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 hurrah for hurrah for stage races basically i'm very excited about getting a macamimbira the aviva women's tour national championships and then the giro the giro well you know that's that's a little further ahead but it's something to look forward to uh, in the meantime, friends, you can look forward to hearing from us again next week as we talk more and more and more and hopefully don't offend any more continents. But I promise nothing. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.